like, listen, they're at Auburn next week. Auburn's got one loss. They're going to be a top 20 team. For me, it's just hard to see what exactly the path, whatever your thought about the quarterback situation, it's hard to see the path to beat Georgia right now. 37 to nothing. Georgia football for the second week in a row leveled their opponent within the first 10 minutes or so in the first quarter and cruised to a second consecutive shutout of an SEC opponent. And for those of you counting at home, that's a final score of 99 to 0 versus Vanderbilt in Arkansas. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall and you were listening to episode 282 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, and I've got to level with you here. I've been editing this podcast for seven years and cannot remember a post-game episode with as many potential cold open quips and solid analysis as this one. Will and Tony were definitely elite on this recording. But before we begin, a special shout-out to our podcast sponsor, El Barrio, The Pine Bar, and The Root, located in beautiful Five Points in Athens, Georgia. Do us a favor. No, do yourself a favor. And next time you're looking for that perfect pour, visit The Root. Next time you're up for grabbing a taco and margarita while practicing your short game, visit El Barrio. And next time you're seeking out that perfect date night spot, visit the Pine Bar. All three are fantastic choices to spend your time and your dollars. Okay, now for the post-game analysis, get ready. Here's Will to get it all started. I am Will Leach here with Tony Waller for our post-game podcast of... uh, I would classify yesterday as a good day to be a Georgia football fan in so many different ways. <laughs> Lots of things that there are, t- there's going to be a time and listen, we've all lived through them. You've lived through more of them than I have. There's going to be a time where it feels dark and you're sad and you're like, why do I put, why do I put all the pain, all, all, all of my emotional well being into this team? It hurts me to see that fan base happy. Uh, it's in mine sad. Uh, why can't I ever have the nice things? And when those days happen, and they will, I want everyone to look back on Saturday, October 2nd, both with Georgia and with some of Georgia's uh, longtime rivals, opponents, and teams that have succeeded where they have failed. Uh, it was a good day to be a Georgia football fan. We'll start with the Arkansas game. Now, I think we were all generally felt like Georgia was in a good position in this game. Uh, I'm not sure I thought the first quarter would feel like Vanderbilt, but the first quarter felt a little bit like Vanderbilt. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I think I texted y'all a ball game either right before or right after the block punt for a touchdown. Uh, You know, if you want a perfect summary of how this day was going to go, look at the first two possessions. Uh, Georgia takes the ball. Stetson comes out and runs for nine and three quarters yards on the first play out. And then, you know, hit, then immediately hits a, a pass to a receiver that is, um, is very open. And then Arkansas, and then scores a touchdown. Uh, and then uh, Arkansas jumps offside twice and mm-hmm. essentially are working at second and our first and 20 immediately because of the crowd. Um, it was indeed a great day to be a Georgia Bulldog. And I have to say, Georgia fans showed up more elite. I got this morning and rewatched uh, like the last 10 minutes of game day. Uh, there was some confusion about, because normally game day ends and goes right to whatever the noon game is. That didn't happen. Uh, I think, uh, well, actually, uh, Matthew Leach was texting you and I mm-hmm. about them talking about, you know, game day's running along. It's like, uh, they got a time with the clock. Yeah. This is planned. And uh, it was a lot 
of fun. I stayed into the bitter end because I wanted to see if we would shut them out. Of course, Georgia <laughs> did shut them out. That was a top-to-bottom physical domination of a team that has played really good physical football. Still don't know quite how good Arkansas is. Um, I think I say this, and this isn't provocative to say it's the best team we've played this season. And uh, it's also not provocative to say they did not belong on the field with Georgia yesterday. Yeah, I think that was almost kind of disorienting, to be honest, because I did not walk away from this game thinking like, wow, yeah, Arkansas is a fraud. Like, who are they? <laughs> and, and don't be wrong, I think that like the win over Texas A&M looks a little less impressive today, uh, but they still beat Texas. They, they, they clearly are ahead of schedule of what Pittman could have expected, uh, what Arkansas fans could have expected. But, you know, the, it's, it's year two. You know, and and, and uh, the I always hesitate to use the the Death Star is operational uh, analogy because the Death Star gets blown up like all the time, like it never wins. Every every single movie, <laughs> yeah, like it always it doesn't win. So uh, I never I never really like that analogy, but certainly the idea of you know this is the thing built as it's supposed to be, and you know, you know it, it was it seemed it, there was some confusion uh, after the game. About, you know, Stetson Bennett said that on Monday he was told he was going to be the starter. And uh, on one hand, it led to, uh, I think, a kind of needlessly uh, contentious press conference. I mean, they just wiped out the number eight team in the country and shut them out. It feels like a weird thing to be like, well, you didn't tell us about Daniels and this. And then there's columns about you. If you don't, the Daniels, like I just like whatever. There's plenty of time for the Daniels stuff. Like like, like to, to me, this is. You know, there's been lots of discussions. We particularly saw with Alabama against Mississippi of how much separation there is between Alabama and Georgia and the rest of football. And I think that's true, though. It's worth noting, Georgia, Alabama had one game where they nearly lost to a team that lost to Kentucky yesterday. That's also worth keeping in mind when we discuss those things. But I would say that uh, right now, it's like listen, they're at Auburn next week. Auburn's got one loss. They're going to be a top twenty team. Yeah, for me, it's just hard to see what exactly the path, whatever you thought about the quarterback situation, it, it's hard to see the path to beat Georgia right now. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I had that overwhelming thought uh, most of the game yesterday. I, I texted this to some people, and I'm not afraid to say it out loud. This is the best Georgia football team of my lifetime, and it's not just the defense. The defense is otherworldly, but we we are doing things on offense that people say we can do. And listen, I get that you have to have a narrative, but I'm over the quarterback, whatever. When are we going to start talking about Kirby developing a former walk-on JUCO transfer undersized from a small town in South Georgia into a, a, not just a serviceable starter, but a team, a starter that can lead a, a, a 37-0 win against the number eight team in the nation. If, if Jim Harbaugh had done that, it would have been, oh, there's Jim Harbaugh doing Jim Harbaugh stuff. Mm-hmm. But right now it's like, oh, what's Kirby doing with his quarterbacks? Why can't Georgia get a good backup? My God. I mean, he, they just beat the number eight team in the nation at 37 nothing. Yeah, it's weird because like also, yeah, I don't understand. Even if you even if you think that Kirby screwed up the quarterback stuff in the past, I don't, by the way. But even if you yeah. do, even if you want, even if you do that. I don't understand. Like, what are you mad about now? Like, <laughs> like the top guy is hurt. And so there's a backup who's come in and run this offense efficiently. I think that's what's gotten lost a little bit is listen. Yes. He did not throw a bunch of like, yeah, though that wheel route looked great for what it's worth. Uh, yeah. And, but, but like, it, it's not like 
like running at pace and running the offense the way that he ran it is hard. <laughs> like it's hard to find some, most teams don't have a starter that can do that. Let alone a backup who can come in. They clearly have confidence in them. Listen, do I, would I rather see Daniel starting? Yes. I'd like Daniels to be healthy and starting. I prefer that. That's, I don't think that that's a hard thing to say out loud. It still doesn't change the fact that like to have a quarterback that can run in and run a pace like that and hit that wheel route and be able to not throw that many passes, but keep everybody running, get to the line on time, keep running the offense the way that Munkin wants to run the offense and score a ton of enough points. Again, if he like, if they floored it all game, they could have scored 50 points yesterday. Not yeah, a lot of quarterbacks a, can do that. That that's no, a, it's, no, it's a very weird way to look at it. There was never a moment yesterday where I didn't feel like that Georgia could not have flipped the switch and gone right back to the, uh, the passing game. Is Stetson Bennett going to throw the uh, 65 yard dimes like, uh, like Daniels can do? No, of course not. But Daniels wasn't going to do it yesterday. Um, and will you got your man ball game, yes. ran that ball, Ran that, toted that rock. Yeah, everybody's going to say, well, yeah, but they just still didn't get the long run. Uh, yeah, okay. You average seven and a half yards a carry. I mean, I, I, you know, at, at some point, you're just, you just decide to be mad. I'm going to sit over here and enjoy my number two team of the nation with two straight SEC shutouts. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, before we talk about the other nice, fun things that happened uh, to Georgia's uh, rivals and villains, uh, I do want to talk about the game atmosphere a little bit. Uh, I know we talked about everyone was there early, but really, in all seriousness, like people were, Listen, the elite thing is maybe a little cheesy. It's maybe a little silly. I'll grant that. But it worked. But it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it got people in there. It got people in there, and people were there, and people were ready to go. And I think Holly Rose said something. Apparently, said something on the broadcast about how louder it was for a noon game than it was at the wideout, <laughs> which I was like, hmm, go on. Uh, but there, <laughs> there, there is something about that idea. They were loud and rocking yesterday to the point that, like, I mean. I've I've long been of the belief that like there should be a standings board for stadiums and how many false starts there are. And you should like, it should be like this, this workplace has gone this many days without an accident. Yeah. There should be like a little number that goes up every time they do it to have two of those in a row on the second drive of a game uh, is it's I've, I've, I, it's a hard thing to see. And I've certainly never seen it in a noon game. Yeah. It's spectacular. And you're right. The atmosphere is great. I, I was noted. I stuck around for to to see if the shutout was preserved. Uh, it was, and um, I would say over fifty percent of the people were still there at the at the final um, at the final uh, bell. And I, I mean, people didn't start leaving until until we kicked the ball back. I mean, I don't. I guess the, the last score. Um, in, in like Georgia fans showed up and showed out. Uh, and I, I, I think ESPN got the perfect concept yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Uh, this noon game, maybe there's some there's something to doing a big noon game. I, I again, I, I, people are going to like, oh well, y'all are y'all are noon game fans now. I, that noon game, I'm a fan of. Uh, but you know, I, it's, it's you know, it's still it's it's not going to be compelling playing Charleston Southern at noon. Uh, but that was fun yesterday, and the best part about it will. I got to go home and watch Florida lose. <laughs> that was. I do wish the last thing on that thing. I do wish they would have. Uh, put uh uh the the end of gate the picks on the big board i felt like yeah. that would have been a fun thing to do and and i, I, I was a little surprised at that especially yeah. since they were timing timing the, yeah that's the what i thought they were setting like up that. for that's actually what i thought they were setting up for and so when they didn't do that it was a little bit of a surprise but whatever i'm not gonna complain it was a blast so yes um apparently uh you taught you said earlier that arkansas could be the second best team in the sec west kind of looks like kentucky might be the second best team in the sec east Kentucky won that game and uh, Kentucky 
kind of looked in control of that game. And to me, I, that that's the most amazing part to me. Florida was this close to being Alabama. They ran out of time of beating Alabama three weeks ago, and they just lost to Kentucky. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I have not watched much of the Florida-Alabama game because obviously that was happening as we were trying to get into the stadium. But I, well, I mean, I watched parts of it. But I will say that um, whatever it was, Florida, whatever levers Dan Mullins, Dan Mullen pulled against Alabama, they, he was just not. He was just the opposite of that against Kentucky. There were times where they were play, they were calling plays, and you have to give get Mark Stoops credit. Actually, Mark Mark Stoops is um, he is he is what listen. Sam Pittman should he if if Arkansas looks up and Pittman's still there seven years from now and they are doing this Arkansas is doing this the thing that Kentucky's doing right now Arkansas fans should be ecstatic yeah. now they won't be because they've tasted they have been in the SEC championship they've been in national title conversations but uh, that is exactly what Stoops is doing that is the, actually the team that that Arkansas fans wish they had super physical super uh, always pursuing the ball and. You've got to give, you have to give Mark Stoops credit. He took a team that is not as talented as Florida uh, and really made Florida look like uh, a lesser team. And anytime, like anytime Florida loses, it is a fantastic day. Uh, and hey, we get to, well, at the end of this, you're going to ask me what time the Kentucky game is. And I got some feels. <laughs> yeah. And actually, listen, actually, and Kentucky's going to be ranked, right? They're, they're yeah, now, right. they're now five and oh, uh, and they are on. Um, they just beat the number of fill in the blank team, whatever Florida was. Uh, so they will definitely be ranked. And it's uh, with LSU going to Lexington yeah. next week. Interesting game. Uh, interesting game. That is it. Uh, and also, um, uh, Urban Meyer was in the news. I don't know if you saw that Urban Meyer was in the news. <laughs> Urban uh, Meyer. We've all been to Fernandina, man. We've all been to Fernandina. Urban Meyer was in the news. Yeah. That's as close as I get to my Jay Leno. By the way. Have you heard about this? Urban Meyer. Have you heard of Urban Meyer's? So uh, there was that. And also, let's not forget some other sort of excitement. going. Obviously, Alabama looked great, but Oregon went down. Oregon went down. Clemson almost went down and they kind of deserved to go down. But uh, it's certainly uh, Notre Dame goes down. The Uh, argument that Alabama and Georgia being far ahead of us, I mean, it's hard to see if Georgia can take care of Florida and Kentucky, which is what it looks like now, I guess, Auburn. I mean, never. it does look increasingly likely because I think uh, I think you make an argument that Georgia has a tougher schedule moving forward than Alabama does. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. but I think I, neither one of them looks like a system where they're going to be challenged. It does sort of feel like that game is for seeding. That game is for picking which place you want to play in the semifinals. Uh, in the yeah, season. I think that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, and in you know, I, I don't know how much you watched the, the um, Auburn LSU game last night. Um, hey, we'll talk about this some this week, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Bo Nix try to run around back there with with, oh. with Carter chasing him, or Davis chasing. Oh, also, we didn't talk about the Jordan Davis block play. That was fun. That was nice to see him yeah. with the goal line set. That was enjoyable. Just wipe out yeah. three dudes. Yeah, it's always uh, always always lovely. Um, okay, so uh, obviously we're gonna have, we have a lot. To, we're actually taping on Monday this week, so we're taping a little early this week. So we will have a lot to get through. Uh, so we don't need to uh, to belabor everything now. Then to say that was just a glorious day. Like this was this was a fun one. Like the sun shone on Athens yesterday. I don't think it was any. It was a great game day. I think they got they showed what they can do for a noon game. Uh, Florida lost, uh, and um, uh, Tennessee. Georgia Tech, got, 
George Seiko wiped out by Pitt. Yes, George Seiko wiped yeah. out. There's almost 50 at halftime. I remember. Uh, I believe in that yeah. one. Uh, and uh, did you hear about Urban Meyer? Have you seen the seen the Urban Meyer's in the news? Um, <laughs> We've okay. all been to Fernandina. We've oh. all been to Fernandina. So before we go, before we go, what do you think? What's your prediction for the Kentucky game time that we see on Monday? Well, I, I'm I'm leaning towards it being the 3:30 game. Uh, although I said at the end of the season that I thought it would be the ESPN night game. Uh, and it's still, I still think that is probably what it will be, but I don't see it being a new game. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're talking about um, that, when you, when you look at the schedule that week, uh, there's only really two games you can put on a three thirty, and Georgia's one of them. Um, I, I think really think is what ESPN, I'm sorry, what, what CBS wants to do considering Georgia's playing against Florida to, in two weeks. Um, and uh, you know, they do try to spread that around a little bit, but it, 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 I think it's 50, 50, the, the, the seven thirty ESPN game or three thirty uh, CBS. Either way, uh, the, uh, the SEC East showdown as predicted is Kentucky in Athens, not Florida in Jacksonville. Um, all right. So we will be, we're, we're taping Monday night, uh, at, for the second week in a row, my young son, William has been pleasantly and impressively silent as I record a podcast in him in the room next to him. So if he wants to, does he want to come in and give the, give the way, do you know how we end every podcast? Do you know what we say at the end of every podcast? I'll give you a hint. It's the, the chant of the bulldog nation. The thing that they all say after the, after the video, you know, and they, you know what they say? Okay. Come on up. Come on up. Let's hear it. Okay. Here you go. Give a hustle up here. Dead air is dead time. All right, here we go. William. What do you guys say? Go dogs. Go dogs. That's exactly what you were supposed to say. (laughs) Great job, William. Great job. Great job. Great job, William, on that Go Dogs at the end. And make sure to follow our podcast on Twitter. Send us your thoughts on the Bulldogs and what you think the score versus Auburn will be. Like Will said, we will be recording our Georgia-Auburn preview show on Monday, so look for it in your podcast player sometime on Tuesday. And we'll see you again on campus in two weeks as Georgia faces another test when Kentucky rolls into town. And as always, go dogs.